This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! everyone and welcome to a special episode of Podcast of a Thousand Holds. I'm here with Madison Miles and we're going to talk about wrestling. Yay, wrestling! I love wrestling. <laughs> so, so Madison, yes, sir. you are a professional wrestler in the Canadian Maritimes. I am. How did you come to find wrestling? Well, when I was a kid, my dad uh, used to go to a bunch of local wrestling shows, and one day, randomly, when I was like five, I was like, hey, dad, can I go with you? I went, I saw a girl as a manager, and I was like, oh my gosh, girls, they actually are involved in wrestling too? I mean, I had no idea, (laughs) right? So then we would go to like every single show that we could possibly go to. My dad and I traveled all around Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI, and that's basically like the biggest fan ever when I was a kid. Nice. <laughs> and then uh, I just got involved with wrestling. The more and more that uh, I was around, I you know do merchandise or do the music or helping out. Yeah. Yeah. That I could possibly do. Did some charity fundraising with wrestling for a little while and ended up raising over five thousand dollars with wrestling for uh, one of our local charities around here. So that was pretty cool and. That was kind of one of like my main ends with wrestling because I ended up being really close to everybody from always, yep. always being around and like them helping out with the charity and stuff like that. Yep. And then when I was 14, I started ring announcing, and then when I was 15, I finally got the opportunity to start training. So. Now, uh, how old are you right now? <laughs> I'm 17. 17. Okay, so. Yeah. Um. So 12 years ago, when you were five, 2000. I'm just yeah. trying to give a time frame. So at that time, women's wrestling wasn't huge in the mainstream no. you know it was still more of like you know the, the for the lack of a better term the, the tna show as opposed to actual competitive matches like if you look at wwe or tna or previously wcw mm-hmm. um so like did you guys watch like wwe or you just stick to the independence um we watched honestly i'd say that we watched more uh, TNA actually than yep. WWE. Okay. Um, we did watch a lot on TV, but as a kid, when people were like, "Oh, who's your favorite wrestler?" I would always go right to the locals because they were the people that I was always looking up to and really like focused on. Yep. And involved in. So, as a kid, I paid a lot of attention to locals, I guess, rather more so than people on TV. But we would go whenever we go to Universal Studios in Florida. We'd always go see. TNA, oh, okay. And, like, I would know who people were. but That I mean, makes sense. Yeah. So you've been to the Impact Zone. I have. Back when it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, actually, you know yeah. With Impact, I find that it never really did them justice. Like, you would watch them on TV, and a lot of people always frowned upon them. But in person, their shows were amazing. And I loved them. And, you know, I, I always was like, when people would, like put heat on them I was like no you know like if you ever get to see one of their shows in person it's it's a lot different than well actually you see them on TV you know actually once TNA went to Universal and they started filming there and it went from the weekly pay-per-view to like you know even the Fox Sports show or especially when it got on Spike TV their women's division was the best women's division as far as the way wrestling was presented 
Yeah. At the time, like it was head and shoulders above the WWE at the time, which was which was fantastic. I mean, and honestly, the independence is really where the bet, like with Shimmer and and you know other great independent you know women wrestlers that weren't in the big ones. You know, TNA they they present women's wrestling in the best light, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, when you I mean, w- go ahead. Sorry. It's okay. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a talker. That's okay. Um, when when I would go to TNA as a kid, I'd always be watching like Awesome Kong and Gail Kim. And yeah, Victoria. Gail Kim's phenomenal. And it's like now, like Victoria was one of the first girl wrestlers that I really liked, and yeah. now it's like I'm wrestling her in a couple months. So for me, it's really I cool because and like ODB and stuff. These were all the main people that I was watching as a as a kid, right? And yeah. I always found it really interesting how knockouts used to be really good and the divas were not great and now it almost and seems like it's, a little they've, bit of a switch they've definitely <laughs> flip-flopped yes yeah they have Gail Kim's tremendous wrestler obviously oh Victoria Tara whatever you call her she's fantastic as well yeah and I did see that you were wrestling her here in a couple of months I thought that was pretty awesome I thought yeah I was going to talk to you it's, about that a little bit later but um yeah for sure oh no no so but while we're talking about it, I mean like how did that come about I mean how did you get that booking I guess uh, the Victoria booking? Yeah. Uh, well, one of our local companies here, uh, Ultimate Championship Wrestling in Halifax, Nova Scotia, um, they've been drawing extremely uh, larger and larger crowds last month. Yep. Uh, I wrestled Kelly Klein from ROE. I saw that match. That was a great match. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, we wrestled in the Halifax form in front of 1,300 people. Yes, that was a great crowd. Yeah, it was it was truly probably my favorite match and my best match I've ever had. So now is this match against Victoria? Is that also going to be at the Halifax Forum? It is. Nice. Yes. And what what's that date? Do you have it off the top of your head? Uh, July twenty second. Nice. Um, yeah. So going back to when you used to go to Universal Studios, did you go to like the TV tapings or did you ever make to the pay per views? Uh, we ended up hitting a couple of both. We only I think we only went to like two pay per views. Yeah. I think we went to, yeah, I want to say two. I don't know the exact dates, though, but we did a lot of just regular TV tapings. Like, yeah. I remember we would record, we'd go to Florida and we'd record it and come home and I'd try to look for myself all the time <laughs> as a kid. Well, I do that now as an adult, yeah. if I, I have to go to a TV taping. Yeah, I could actually see myself a few times, so I, I felt nice. pretty accomplished as a kid. <laughs> nice. See, isn't that yeah. awesome? Is there, did any of the matches you saw any of the pay-per-views stand out? Um, not off the top of my head because we were there when I was like eight, nine, ten, and okay. even like younger kind of thing. So. Yeah. That's still a pretty awesome experience, though. I mean, I actually we saw a Sting versus Jeff Jarrett match once, and that. Oh, uh, that's cool. They did a lot of uh, on the floor fighting and stuff, so like I was like I remember being right there. And nice. It was just a super cool experience. <laughs> I, was, I was such a, I'm such a mark. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was the biggest mark as a kid, but. Mark at heart. <laughs> you gotta be. I mean, if you're yeah. a f- to me, if you're a fan of wrestling, if you love wrestling, then you know that that's that's what you are. Yeah, you're a fan. I mean, I mean, if if you love something, then you know. Yeah. I feel like everybody loves wrestling, and if you didn't love wrestling, then you wouldn't be a wrestler, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when when you were a kid going to shows, like I know, like I took my son to his first indie show when he was four. Yeah, and he's now 11. We're actually going to a show tomorrow night um, as well. So, but I took to him his first show when he was four. So he has his favorites, 
and it's sort of the same thing because he kind of watches WWE on TV, but for the most part, he you know he knows the indie guys, and that's who he wants to go see, and that's who he likes, and everything. Yeah. And actually, now a lot of those guys are showing up on WWE, incidentally. Um, <laughs> um, but is there like when you were a kid, who who did you love that was in the in the Maritimes that you enjoyed going to see? Uh, in the Maritimes, I always looked up to like um, Peter Smith, Brody, who's Brody Steele. Brody Steele, uh, yeah. Wild Man Gary Williams, uh, Cowboy Mike Hughes, and then you've got people like Titus and Julian Young. And Titus and Julian are like they're still very, very active in the Maritimes to this day. Yeah. As well as Peter Smith and Mike Hughes, I guess. But I, I luckily now I get to spend a lot of my time with Titus and Julian, and they are huge learning influences on me. So nice. I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um. Did you ever go to any of the, um, like, the, uh, well, I don't know if Emile Dupree was promoting then, but, like, any of Emile Dupree's, you know, Atlantic Grand Prix shows, or the one, um, or, you know, his son Renee's running them now? Yeah, uh, I think, I think around 2008, we started going to the odd one that they would bring to Truro, which is about 45 minutes from Halifax. Yep. And, uh, but I actually, in October, got to work a show for Grand Prix, so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty cool experience because um, my train I was trained by Gary Williams actually, and okay. he was trained by Leo Burke. Yep. Yep. And so just that long legacy of Grand Prix, it was a crazy opportunity to be able to work for them. Cause it was like I was like I feel like my you know my trainer kind of everybody kind of started here you know so yep. it was an honor to be able to step in that ring <laughs> for sure. Like with, for me, you know, I I, I live in Maine. And mm-hmm. I'm like familiar with Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling. I'm familiar with innovative hybrid wrestling, and that's kind yes. of it for me. Um, and now there's doing the uh, was the VCWAM shows or something like that are happening a lot now. It's another I think smaller indie. Um, yeah. So like so for me like when you know I just remember like when I was a kid. Uh, you know, Atlantic Grand Prix was like the big Maritimes promotion and it was yeah. in the magazines and that's why I was kind of watching and following and everything and so it's like, I someday want to go to one of their shows just to say I've been to one of their shows Yeah. you know, because like, there's a lot of history over there, like there's a lot of guys and you hear about them working like if you read like an Edge and Christian's book, they worked over there, you know, the Cuban assassin worked there forever Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so there's just a lot of guys like that and um so like that that's what I know of. Um right. you're from the Maritimes. Like what were the federations you went to or the promotions that is that you went to that are that, are there any of them still running now that you went to watch when you were a kid and now you're wrestling for them? Um actually almost all of them to be honest. <laughs> um as you said Innovative Hybrid Wrestling. Yeah. That one is by far the Maritimes I'd say probably strongest yeah. company for the most part. Um, there is Red Rock Wrestling, which is on PEI, but they're only in PEI. Yep, okay. They steadily draw like 600, and their crowds and production and setup are amazing. Yeah, I was just speaking um, to a guy that uh, at the, the Lat Limitless Wrestling show I went to, uh, speaking yeah. to a guy that was actually, he had a Red Rock t-shirt on. He had just gone to their show like the weekend before or something like that. Uh, yeah, I think it, probably when the women's tournament, did he go up with the girls? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did. He went up with the, I'm trying to think, who did he bring up? It was, it's Louis, I don't know if you know his name, it's Louis Barboza. Yeah, I, I've never met him, but I saw the post on Facebook. I just remember seeing that. Okay, yeah. And so, they went with like Caitlin Diamond. And, yes, he. Yes, 
yeah he brings her <laughs> yeah. around a lot he um i love caitlin she's a sweetheart yeah he uh yeah she's been to stardom in japan yeah and caitlin i actually helped me get one of my first big opportunities in wrestling what was that <laughs> so I'm forever grateful for her um my training school uh was te- i guess technically finished but more so shut down i guess on uh october 31st yeah and i posted about it on facebook and on November 2nd, Caitlin messaged me, and she's like, so I see that you're done training, and she's like, we need a girl for a tour, and her and I had met in the past. Yeah. Um, but she basically told me, like, you know, come on tour. Um, she's like, I know you're green, but we'll work through it. We'll we'll get the basics down, you know, and, um, and so I went, and it was a two-week tour that left on November 7th, so seven days after I was technically done training. Yeah. I ended up doing my first tour, thanks to Caitlin. So. Where was that? Uh, that was in uh, northern Quebec. On, okay. On uh, on some native reserves for a Canadian uh, wrestling federation. So two weeks. How many shows in that two weeks? I want to say nine or ten. Nine or ten. Nice. Yeah. And were you wrestling Caitlin every night? Yeah. So were you like, how far were you traveling between shows, or were you like? <laughs> um. Well, to get, I remember to get to our first reserve, the very first drive we did was 17 hours. That's a haul. Yeah. And uh, then, I'm guessing not a lot of interstate driving there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dirt roads and icy yep. paths. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of the drives were five, six, seven hours in between. Yeah. And then our very last venue that we were at was just outside, it was just over the Campbellton border in New Brunswick, so it was just... Okay. Inside Quebec. Yeah. And from our second last venue to the last venue, it was a 24-hour stretch. Oof. And then I, my parents drove seven hours from home to come pick me up at that venue. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was like, it's 31 hours total from the second last venue to home, but with with two shows in between. So yeah. it wasn't too, too bad, but it was a long haul. <laughs> Do you remember who else was on the tour? I have so many uh, questions. I'm sorry because like this is what I'm. This is one of the things like I like I'm the most fascinated about is no those I, those tours I like, like being that. Tested. <laughs> Work my memory a little bit. <laughs> um. So it was uh Frank Rickman, who's Chris Thorne. He was the promoter. Yeah. Uh, his sons Frankie and Jesse. Uh, referee Terry Blaze. Um. Jeez, who, uh, Rip Impact. Yeah. Uh, me and Caitlin and Matthew McKenzie. And I think that was it. So are you guys going out and putting on, like, you have essentially, like, five match cards? Uh, basically, yeah. And, I'm, and then there's always a tag match or yeah. uh, a battle royal. Well, and that's the thing you got. The singles match, tag match, ladies match, main event match, battle royal. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I see. I love that. I love. I love the idea of like eight people going around like you guys are putting on these different shows, do all these different towns, and and I don't know why, but it just it, it massively Honest, appeals honestly, to me. It's the way to do it. Like um, as long as you have a good crew, which is always you know people you spend a lot of time together, so people you know everyone gets tired of each other eventually. Right. But as long as you have a good crew, tours like that are really solid, and those. That's the same company that I just did the seven-week tour with. That one I really want to talk about, if that's all right. Because <laughs> I remember I, I saw you going on that one, and I, I kind of followed you along the way. And I was just like, I need to get her on the show and talk to her about this. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, honestly, like, 
it gets a little hard because on the reserves where you're so far up north, everything yeah. is so expensive. Like the 99 cent, like, um, you know, when you go to Walmart or Sobeys or Superstore and you get the yeah. juice. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it on my face. Oh, my goodness. Like, it was free. They're 99 cents here. And yeah. Like 10 bucks up there. I know. I saw you posting like the prices of these Ugh. different like regular routine items. And it's just like, good Lord. Yeah. That's so, so expensive. Like, yeah. You literally have to attempt to live off like. For some reason, like meat is really expensive up there, but pork chops are cheaper. Huh, that's <laughs> pork weird. Pork chops, French fries, and bags of vegetables. And they're cheap. But, like even a can of tuna is four bucks up there, so it's that's like, crazy. It's so difficult. That's it's really difficult to eat healthy up there. And oh yeah. Everywhere has gyms, so that was definitely a a struggle for every tour <laughs> with them. But so to, to skip real quick. Um, yeah. When you go on this tour, how old are you? 15 or 16 by then? The which one? The 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 one the first tour, the one with the, with Caitlin up in northern Quebec. The first tour I was uh, 15. I'd had one match before that for yeah. Innovative Hybrid Wrestling. Yeah. I had that match on November 7th, and then on November 9th of 2015, that was that tour, and I was 15. Yeah. <laughs> so your first match, who was that against? Uh, Ricardo Sombrero. <laughs> so Caitlin was hybrid. so Caitlin was your first uh, women's match opponent, if you will. Yeah, and second match ever. So second I mean, match ever. Pretty early. <laughs> well, I see. Like I, I remember if it's your Facebook or your Twitter or something like that. It says like you're like the one of only two women wrestlers in the Maritimes or something like that. Yeah. So okay. between Newfoundland, uh, I haven't wrestled in PEI yet, but we're yeah. Things are in the works. Nice. Uh, but between Newfoundland, PEI, New Brunswick, and Nova Scotia, there's me and then uh, Miss Gia. Yeah, where, okay. But uh, I started wrestling, I think, two or three months before Miss Gia did. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool to... And everything... Uh, I feel like I could just keep talking, so I guess I'll bring this up because I feel like it's going to come up after, but Go continue ahead. with... Where we were at. No, go ahead. Bring uh, up whatever you want. It's natural flow is the best. <laughs> I was just going to say about how, like, um, when I started wrestling in 2015, it was perfect timing with the whole WWE women's revolution. Oh, yeah. Uh, because it was, like, perfectly starting. And yep. I feel like I started wrestling a little bit prematurely, but I feel like I've come a very long way since when I started. But everything after my initial training was learned on the road. Yep. Well, let's and, think about uh, it. You, you've been wrestling now for a year and a half, basically. Yeah. Exactly. And how many matches? Exactly. And how many matches uh, do you have under your belt now? 127. Right. So that's that's a really big number for only have wrestled <laughs> a year and a half. Yeah. Because a lot of people, if you think about it, they maybe get one or two bookings on the weekends. That's 52 weekends a year. So in a year, you're looking at 100 matches. So... Yeah. And that's and most people don't get that still, you know. Yeah, like, that's that's why I'm very grateful because I've already gotten the opportunity, like in uh, for Canadian Wrestling Federation, I've done a two week tour, a three week tour, and a seven week tour, and I've wrestled. I haven't wrestled in any of the territories, but I've wrestled in almost every province in Canada other than Saskatchewan. Yep. Uh, BC and Prince Edward Island and technically Newfoundland but I'm scheduled to go to Newfoundland in two months nice so but I mean I'm very very grateful for the opportunities I've gotten 
that. And it's like to some people, they don't. They're like, oh yeah, okay, so you wrestled in different places in Canada. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? For my age and I just, I feel very accomplished with myself. Like I'm proud. Yeah, I'm very grateful. Absolutely, you should be. Not a lot of people around here get crazy opportunities. So. Well, I I, I love the fact that you have a record of your matches. Because yeah, I don't, I just think that's pretty fantastic. Because shout that, out to Papa Miles. Because that. <laughs> that, I mean, that's your history. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with knowing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, look if you look I, at Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho even said himself, he has a record of every match he's ever had. Yeah. There's, I think that's really cool. And yeah. I always had because I had a lot of guidance coming up in wrestling in the Maritimes, and I still do. I always had people telling me to record my stuff and record my matches, and I'm like, you know, like. A lot of I've had people be like, "Oh, you have all your stats. You're such a mark." And I'm like, "Well, you know what? Nah. Like, someday I'm gonna look back and I'm not gonna be able to remember any of this stuff. And I'm right. gonna be like, you know, what did I do? Who did I wrestle? And I'm really grateful for my dad and what he does. I mean, for the Maritimes in general, my dad, like, every for he has since 2005, I believe, actually, he has like the results of every single show. And every single match on the show, and like yeah. who went over and who who didn't. I have so, I have the results of every show I've ever been to with the you know yeah. since 1989. That's awesome. My first ever show when I was 10, my dad took me to WWE at a house show down in Portland. Uh, I could tell you the whole card right now. That's how pathetic it is. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and then, but I didn't go to another show until like 95, and then I went right. to my first indie show in 97, and I've been to like. Gosh, I don't know. I think I'm over 400 now for shows, for, for indie shows. And I have, like, a running Word document on my computer that I have backed up in three places in case I ever lose it, <laughs> of, like, the results, the dates, times, locations, and the results of every show I've, I've been to. And, like, when I first started in wrestling back in 97, like, I, I think it was with Tony DeVito, who was of the Baldies and ECW, like, he, uh, he, we were staying around, my buddy and I were staying around watching after the show, because we wanted to watch Take the Ring Apart, and he said, if you guys are going to stay and watch Take the Ring Apart, you might as well give us a hand, and it's like, oh, okay, we'll be free labor, and so, like, we started doing that and everything, help him take the ring down, then we'd help him set up at the next show, this and that and everything, and, yeah. um, you know, kind of got integrated into a lot of things, and you would you know, do run errands or I, you know, ring announcing, ring the bell, commentary, stuff like that. My, you know, and at that time, like, uh, there were some people that were on the shows that I really wish I would have taken the time to like grab a picture with. Right. But there was, you know, the negative stigma of, oh, you know, being a mark, you know, mm-hmm. in the locker room or whatever. And I was just like, uh, and now I'm looking back, I'm like, damn it, I wish I just would have done it because. Uh, that's like I'll never meet you know Jacques Rougeau again most likely or I'll never meet Rick Martel again or cause, yeah. you know I mean I remember I was at a show with Brody Steele uh, he was Canadian Hercules at the time yeah. uh, him and Rick Martel came down worked at EWA show at the Lewis and Armory I want to say it was 98 and mm-hmm. um, yeah so there's things like that I regret so like I think it was worse than now, the negative stigma, quote unquote, of being a mark. But like now I'm just like, screw it. I don't care. Yeah, I'm a mark. That's fine. You know, like I said, I love the fact that you have the results of your matches. I think that's fantastic. You know, your dad having the results of all, you know, of all the shows from 2005 forward and like, you know, myself with the results. Like that's, that's the history of wrestling. That's not, that's being, I love that stuff. That's being, it's it's very worth it, you know? 
Yeah, it's like being... you said, I don't ever want to regret anything. And it was Absolutely. Funny. We, had, we had a show here, uh, I want to say a year and a half ago, Russell Center, when we yep. had AJ Styles in. Yes, okay, I do remember that. I didn't yeah. go, obviously. I mean, I've never <laughs> been to a show in Canada. That's on my that's on my checkoff, just to go to a show in a foreign country. If you can, go to IHW. It's yeah. probably, it's closest to you, and it's definitely the best production you'll get for nice. your money. Nice. They're great. Um, but anyway, uh, somebody had, um, somebody went up to AJ or they were thinking about going up to him and they were like, oh man, like I really want to go. I'm never going to be able to meet AJ again. Right. I want to ask him. And one of the guys was like, oh, don't be a mark, you know, exactly. some language in with that. Yeah. And, uh, and, but he was like thinking about it and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I don't care. So he walks up and he's like, uh, AJ. I, excuse me, like, I, I don't want to be a mark, but is there... And he goes, whoa, 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 wait. And he's like... And he basically gave him this big rant about how, you know, you're only... you're If you're in the business, you're a mark because you yep. love the business, right? Exactly, yeah. And from that moment on, it was just like, yeah, you know what? Like... Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's great that you realize that now, not 10 years from now, and you're like, I should have done that. Yeah. You know, or like that, that gentleman you're speaking of, like that wanted to get his meet or talk to or get his picture with AJ Styles or whatever it is, because he's yeah. AJ Styles. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> and now, and that was right before he went back to WWE. Now he's yeah. in WWE. Exactly. Know, so. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's. I'm just that awkward person that I walk up and I'm like, yeah, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I remember like. When I met, I, I don't know, like, I know Jacques maybe doesn't have the greatest reputation. I remember the first time I met Jacques Rougeau, this was back in 98, I was just like, it's the Mountie, right? Yeah. He comes in, he walks in, the, he comes in the locker room, and he sets his bags down, he turns to me, he goes, hi, my name's Jacques Rougeau, and I'm just like, hi, it's Mike Levy, nice to meet you. And uh, he says, you know, introduces himself down the line, goes around the corner, I'm just like, I have to step out of the locker room now, because I'm freaking out on the inside, because to me, that was so cool. Yeah. But, like... Didn't get my picture taken with him. Really wish I would. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Besides that. Um, so, like I said, you were saying you started commentary, uh, doing ring announcing, and then what led you to finally start training? Was that something you were seeking, or did someone say to you, hey, why don't you give it a try? Um, I was I was considering it when I was, like, 14. Um, I took my first bumps in April of 2015. I started training in June of 2015. Yep. And I took my first bumps in April, though, uh, with uh, Jeff Durning and Adam Kraft. They would do, like, before... Um, we would go up there on the weekend sometimes, and we would do, like, before show training with them a little yep. bit. Yep, absolutely. Um, but before that, uh, Gary had another class in September, and I was there. My dad was doing a segment for with Russell Center at the time, and he was filming... For them as their main cameraman but he was filming a lot of the training sessions yep so when i was a kid i was like oh i want to be a manager or a referee or something because i always knew that i wanted something to do with wrestling but i was like i don't think i could handle the pain like as a kid i tell people that they're like want to be a wrestler i'm like no i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> i was like I'm, i don't think i'm tough enough for that but then as i got older i was like maybe maybe and then when i started watching training and i was like and then I was like, you know what? Maybe I could handle it. And then I was just talking to people about it. And people made me realize how much support I had and how much guidance I would have in that. Like, yep. I didn't have to be so like, oh, my God, <laughs> wrestling. Ah. Because but, yeah, even though you were you know, new to training, you weren't fresh off the boat as far as they didn't. They, they knew you. Yeah. 
they had a comfort level with you from your years of going there as a fan and then later, you know, doing, like you said, the ring announcing and helping out and whatnot, so. Well, at that point, I had known almost everybody in the Maritimes for about 10 years. Yeah. So there, oh, we're geez, all yeah. Just, we're all just a big family, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's I think, awesome. I always wonder if other places, like, I know that some companies do, but, like, I always, because it's, it's Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, PEI, like, we're all so close. You know, and it's yeah. like, I feel like other provinces and states, I'm like, are, do people have these companies that they're super, super close with? <laughs> like, um, it's... I, I know what you're talking about. Like, all right, so for Maine, the longest running promotion we have right now is IWE. And there are some diehard fans, and there's a lot of regulars that are on the shows and whatnot. And then a new promotion that we've had started in September of 2015, actually, is Limitless Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And Limitless Wrestling is kind of like – Limitless Wrestling is – like IWE runs like four shows a month, five shows a month sometimes. They run the same kind of venues. You know, they're, they're averaging uh, – well, they're doing a lot better number-wise now. But at 150s to maybe 200s per show and everything, but usually around that 100, 125 mark type like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have a, a $10 front row, $8 general admission type of ticket. And Limitless, right. though, has a 35 VIP, 20 front row, 15 general admission. They're bringing in bigger names. Like, they've brought in, uh, like, coming up here the next show in July, you know, they, they're bringing in, like, uh, Phoenix and Super Crazy and JT Dunn. A lot of bigger, you know, independent names, if you will. Um, right. But he's drawn, like, 400 people, which is basically selling out the building he's in right now. Because right. um, anyway, so sorry, I'm going the long way around on this. No worries. But like, there's a lot of wrestlers that work a lot of the same promotions in, like, say, the New England area. Like guys right. I've taught, like Anthony Green or Xavier Bell or Ace Romero, you know, the guys. And so, like, I go to a lot of shows. I talk to these guys all the time, and it, you do have that, like, it's a familiarity. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of the same guys all the time. Like, even, like, Tanya who records their shows. I've been buying tapes off her for, like, 18 years when she was right. recording shows back a long time ago. So, like, when I go to a show, like, I see Tanya there who's recording and we always chat it up about whatever, you know, this and that. You know, I see Belle or I see Anthony Green and we always have a great conversation or something like that. And so I understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people I know... I know from going to wrestling. Almost all my friends are people I've met from going to wrestling. Yeah. Or they're the wrestlers themselves, so I see at all the shows or whatever. And, you know, so I think New England has that same feel you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Especially Massachusetts sense. and Maine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you're t- And it's funny, like, you were talking about draws, and that's something that I find so interesting here in the Maritimes is how our shows draw. Yeah. Because there is a wide variety of companies. Yep. But some base themselves off local talent, some base themselves... Like, I'll give you a little bit of statistics here. So yeah, love to hear Innovative them. Hybrid Wrestling in Moncton, New Brunswick, that's their home base. Yep. Um, I would say, um, other than Red Rock, because I feel like Red Rock doesn't get enough credit for how good they really are. Yep. But they're kind of, where they're only in PEI, they're not always getting as much exposure, I find, maybe, is the best right. way to say it. Yeah. Um, How long have they been around, Red Rock? Oh. I've never heard of them until literally, like, the last month. <laughs> I think Red Rock has probably been around now for 
eight, nine years. Okay, so say. quite a while then. Okay, yeah. Maybe. So, I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> I, w- I wish. I honestly wish I knew this better. That's but, okay. Uh, yeah. So IHW in for the rest of the Maritimes, anyway. It's by far overall, like I said, it's probably like the it's top notch because there's sh- local shows in their home base. No, no talent brought in whatsoever. Yep. They always draw between four and six hundred. Yep. And that's with nothing but their locals. And their production is great. And it's just, it's like I said, if you ever come to a show in the Maritimes, especially, by far that's what your best bet is to check out. Innovative Um, hybrid? Yes. Yep. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they, and the best part is with them is like their pre sales are always in the 300s. And it's like that. They just have such loyal fans. Yep. Who have been going? Some of them have been going there for years upon years. Well, they've. I mean, what it sounds like is they've established themselves as a name that delivers a product that people can rely on. Yes. And, and when that, that pro- was- yeah, and when that product becomes reliable and dependable, even even you know, and I'm not gonna. I don't mean this any drug when I say even when they're just using local yeah. talent, it doesn't matter because. You know they're they're presenting a reliable, dependable product. They know when they go to the show, they're going to get a, a. They know the quality show they're going to get, and they're delivering every time. Right, and IW runs their business as a business. It's yeah. like, you know, it's it's they don't they're they're awesome. Kevin Tyler, the promoter, he's someone else that, aside from Caitlin, he gave me one of my first opportunities. So I'm forever grateful for Kevin, but. Kevin is an awesome booker, and he's a great person to work with. He's reasonable, but yep. he's also in the sense of he's not going to use people just because. Right. You know, the way he runs business, I love it. Yep. And that's why I love being around IHW, because I feel like I'm always learning. And that's where, you know, Julian and Titus, and that's Marcus Burke. Yeah. you've got people. Oh, like I've seen Marcus see. Burke a bunch. He's, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of his. Yeah. And so I feel like at IHW, I'm never going there, and I'm like, oh, man what's going on it's always oh what can i learn you know yep. whether or not it's business or actual wrestling you know there's always it's just a great learning environment to be in so in that sense would you consider ihw like your home promotion then um in some aspects 100 percent, because yeah. i'm with them the most um and we're kevin i have a lot of uh, loyalty to yeah. Kevin and respect for Kevin because as I said he gave me one of my right. first opportunities your first match uh, yes and that was with that um, I had known about going on tour but I was like oh man I really wanted to have my first match at home so yeah. me being the little girl child I am I was like Kevin this is my situation I'm going <laughs> away blah 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 and I was like, I know that you have one show before I leave. <laughs> I was like, is there any chance you have a spot on that show that you could put me on somehow? And he did it. And after my match, I bawled my eyes out because I was happy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I just had my first match ever. And I was like, if I had done this on tour, I would have looked awful. <laughs> so when you're yeah. when you're laying out your bookings, you're yeah. basically you're giving priority to IHW. When their shows are coming up, who else is? Yeah. I mean, if you don't mind me asking, who else are you giving priority to before you're taking oddball ones? Well, that's that's kind of what I was getting at when you asked about IHW being my home promotion because yeah. I have a lot of loyalty to them, and I like I said, everything about IHW is great, and it's like I know that I'm never going to waste my time when I take a booking with them. Yeah. Um, but I live in Halifax, 
so UCW Ultimate Championship Wrestling that's another one that's been around forever but it's just getting better and better and better and uh, like it's in my hometown and I've been oddly it's really weird and I don't like to like talk about it but I've been like recognized a few times at home from those shows like being out shopping and stuff and like that was the show that we had 1300 people yeah so I feel like technically UCW is like my home my home base kind of, but yeah. at the same time I so it's kind of IHW and UCW that right. are pretty much my main priorities here. How um, often is like IHW running shows? Uh, IHW and that's the thing too. I'd say IHW is the busiest yep. around here. Um, and what I love about IHW is that they run in Moncton, New Brunswick. They run in Riverview. Uh, Fredericton, St. John, Spring Hill, Nova Scotia, Truro, Nova Scotia. They they just run. They they do a whole bunch of venues and a whole bunch of places. And it's it's not always the one show a month in Moncton. It's they'll spread everything out. Yep. But I'd say there's always but there's anywhere between two to four IHW shows a month, typically. What about UCW? UCW. Um, like I'm just trying to think for a second. IHW. That's fine. IHW in March had two shows, and that was at the beginning of the year. In April, they had, I think they might have only had one or two in April. Yep. And then in May, they had three. And then in, like, so they're always, like, consistently running. And then UCW had one show in January and... Like, UCW is good for doing mini tours. They'll do, like, four, anywhere from three to six-day tours. Okay. And uh, they normally always do a summer tour and an April tour. And that's, they just, uh, with Kelly Klein, we did a four-day tour in April. And then we have uh, the four-day tour of Victoria in... um, July. July, yes, thank you. That's okay. (laughs) Um... So I'd say IHW runs more frequently, but UCW does tours rather than just. And when you're and when you're wrestling every day, you're learning yeah. more and yeah. Um. So who else? So what other promotions are filling in your, your booking? Your uh, schedule. Yeah. So we have. I'm trying to think honestly. It's it's a it's a little bit of a mixture of everything. Yeah. Um. It's it's a lot of IHW and UCW to be honest. Yep. Um. There's a company called New Breed Wrestling, which was around when I was a kid. I have my first booking with them in August. Um, is that also, I mean, is that in the Maritime still, or are you... Yes, yes, okay. sorry, DeBert, Nova Scotia. Yeah. It's about, uh, it's it's really close to Truro, Nova Scotia, which is a more well-known area here. Yeah. But it's about an hour from Halifax. Yeah. Um, I'd say a good percentage of my bookings are with UCW, uh, Destiny Wrestling is coming to Halifax in August, yeah. and I get to work Casey Spinelli on that show, so nice. that's kind of exciting. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of it's. I mean, I think the like you said, like when you started, the timing of when you started is when the women's revolution was going on in the WWE. So now women's wrestling seems to be at a a higher demand, kind of yeah. everywhere, and like you know look at the names that are coming to you basically yeah that's pretty it's pretty pretty cool living the dream at age 17 
<laughs> so Honestly. when when you I, we're jumping around a lot, I realize, and that's fine. But when you no started worries. when you started training, like was your dad cool with it? One hundred percent, because they my parents have always been so supportive of me, and it's one of the best feelings in the world. And as he just said, jumping around a lot, but. Uh, for example, if we look at that tour, uh, my first tour with Caitlin. Yes, I was going to bring that up, but <laughs> at 15, your parents are like, have fun. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. So <laughs> um, so I remember I was I got the text from her at school, and I just remember being like, holy, you know, holy crap. I yeah. Like, what? Like, I remember, like, looking at my best friend, and I was like, dude, you need to read this. Like, look. And I was like, this girl just asked me to go on tour with her, blah, blah, blah. And totally had a mini markout moment because I'm like I literally just stopped training like a week ago, yep. you know. And I was like, okay. Um, and then I was like, oh my god, it's during school. My parents are never ever gonna let me go. So then I got like, as a teenager, I got a little moody and I was cranky and I was like, oh my god, this would be a cool opportunity and I'm not gonna go. And I was like, yeah. Eh. So I got home and my mom's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing. And she's like, okay, just just tell me already. Like, what's wrong? <laughs> and I was like. And I told her what was up, and she, all she, like, she's just staring blankly at me, and she's like, what would, what would your teacher say? And what would your dad say? And I was like, you didn't say no. Like, <laughs> That's what you grabbed on and to. I was like, yeah. And I was like, are you actually, like, considering it? And she was like, well, I mean, we know how much you love wrestling and how big of a deal this is for you. Yeah. And, and, uh. So I called my dad and I put him on speakerphone and I told him the same thing I told my mom and my mom was sitting beside me listening to what he would say yeah. and he only said one thing and excuse my language but he just goes holy shit that's awesome right? <laughs> yeah I mean it is an awesome and opportunity you could just tell the look on my mom's face it was like a reassuring look yeah and then they were like they basically told me all I had to do was talk to my teachers but. <laughs> I just remember, like, panicking when I got on the airplane because I was like, oh, my God, I don't know, like, any of these people except for Caitlin, and we're going for three weeks. <laughs> and I was like, I've had one match, and everything's going to be awful, which I definitely wasn't a good wrestler at that time at all, and I'm still right. not really, I guess, but... I, I wouldn't come, say that. I've come I've come a long way since then. <laughs> so you had the, your first tour... You came back. I mean, it seems like you've had some steady. You've 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 stayed busy this whole time 100%. since yeah since you started 100%. wrestling. How have you juggled school with wrestling? Like you just went on a seven week tour. I mean, are you, are you still in school? Did you graduate early? Oh, I'm I'm still in school. <laughs> I'm uh I'm in grade eleven. Yeah. Right now, and so luckily when I did this seven week tour, I've always had really good work ethic, and my marks have always been like straight 90s for the most part yeah um and this semester i only had two classes okay so i was kind of like they were math and english but i took some work with me and i knew what we were covering before we did it or before i left so um it wasn't too difficult there was definitely a lot of work to catch up on but i realized what was priority and what wasn't kind of thing yeah um, so it wasn't actually as hard as it may seem. It was a little bit stressful at times by far. Um, but it wasn't, wasn't too difficult, but I know that I've been looking into graduation next year and yeah. they're not sure, but they said that there's potential of me getting out early. So yeah, 
that'll be good for myself <laughs> getting out there more. I mean, obviously, your parents are super supportive. I mean, clearly you can tell, but, you know, you went on a seven-week tour through yeah. the, the provinces. You went through, you know, you you went on that three-week tour when you were 15. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that like you already said, that's got to feel wonderful uh, or it feels wonderful because of it. So, like, how does your dad handle watching you wrestle? Is he quiet? <laughs> Is he nervous the whole time? I mean, like... Well, my my dad's a cameraman, and my dad watched me train a lot. Yeah. So my dad films every single show. Yeah. So he, he can't react too much because he's always behind the camera at ringside. Fair enough. Like, Fair enough. But, I mean, he's at ringside. He just has to be subtle. Yeah. And every, he's actually done a couple interviews and stuff. Yeah. And every time he just talks about how proud of me he is, and that's a really good feeling um, because if if... I can do anything. I really believe and take pride in making my parents proud. <laughs> now, my mom, on the other hand... So how, how's your mom handle it? <laughs> my mom, on the other hand, you know, my my boyfriend, Cody, his mom, when she watches, she's like, oh, I can't watch because you guys get hurt. Yeah. First time, you can hear on YouTube, there's a match, and it's a, it's a really not great match on my part because I was super green, uh, but it's... Me and Jesse Bieber versus Caitlin Diamond and uh, uh, Ch- uh, Super Chato. Super Chato, sorry. Yeah. And uh, and I took my first chop in that match. Yeah. And all you hear is my mom laughing. <laughs> and, like, hysterically laughing. That's not what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> and most people don't. <laughs> um, but I can literally in my matches, and it's like. You know, I get in the zone and I I zone out a little bit, and if I ever hit something good or take something good, I yeah. literally can hear my mom laughing so oh, loud. Oh, that's hilarious! From in the and like I don't, it doesn't matter if there's 600 people there. Yeah. All I can hear is my mom laughing. <laughs> and somebody chops me, and she's like, "Chop her again, chop her again." <laughs> so did your mom sit front and center? Is she hide in the back? Uh, for some companies, like, she'll sell my merch. Okay, so yeah. sometimes she's in the back, but there's times when she's in the front. And I've even heard her, I actually heard her once be like, she didn't clean her room, hit her harder. <laughs> and I was like, mom. <laughs> but, but no, it's awesome. And they, they actually love it. Like, it's, my grandparents always come to the Halifax shows and they're like, oh, don't hurt her. And then my mom's like, yes, hurt her. <laughs> And even at we, our last IHW show, yeah, Chris Hicks and I had an I Quit match. Yeah. And uh, Miss Gia, his manager, uh, he had like, uh, he had cake, I guess pie all over him <laughs> from our match. And uh, I took some of it and I went to slap her in the face, and it was literally like, there was a, I call it the Caitlin Diamond gunshot, gunshot chop. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was actually at an IHW show, and I chopped her, and it was, like, by far the loudest chop that anyone had heard in a while. <laughs> and uh, and aside from that, when I slapped Miss Gia in the face, it was probably the second loudest one I'd ever heard. And literally 600 people, probably, no, probably about 500 people in the audience just completely popped for it. And again, all I could hear was my mom laughing. Not even like, oh, my gosh. You just hear, like laughing it's like the holy f-bomb laugh like this <laughs> that's you know, awesome like, oh mom it's a comforting feeling you know they yeah. she's there and she's enjoying it she's not there freaking out 
Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's, that's pretty it. awesome. Like, half the time I like have to try not to laugh because I, when I hear her going like, header, harder, chopper, yeah, I'm just like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, that's my mom. <laughs> so how did you get – If I mean – if you don't mind talking about it now, I know we're been going for a little bit here, but how did you get this seven week booking with with UCW? Uh, with the sorry, with CWF. I mean CWF, yes, sorry, yeah. CWF. Um, the promoter of that, uh, we had been talking about it on and off and how they did it, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, if you ever have a spot open on that, let me know. Yeah. And uh, he his daughter actually lived. They're from Ontario, Niagara Falls. And uh, his daughter lives in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. So he came down to visit her with him and Jesse came down. And they were like, hey, I want to go for supper. So we did. And we were just talking. And they're like, yeah. So uh, they just mentioned it. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And we were talking. And then uh, we were like, yeah, we'll meet up later. Like when they came back to the Halifax airport later that week to go home. And they were like, yeah, we'll go for coffee again. And they left. And I was like were you guys, like, serious about actually, like, considering for me to go on this tour? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, like, and they told me the dates, and I was like, let me look into this. So. (laughs) seven weeks. How many shows was it over those seven weeks? (sighs) It was 40. I don't know the exact number of shows off the top of my head. Do I have my book here? Oh, that wasn't good. Let me see if I just That's okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I have it, so let me just. I know for a fact, though, that, uh, it was 42 matches in 47 days. That's awesome. Like, that's... How did... Like, did you ever... Were you ever at a point where you are just physically... You needed a break? Or did you feel great the whole time? Or... Uh... Physically, it was just that feeling of, like... You know, it was cold. And... <laughs> healthy food was expensive. Like, it was, like, disgustingly cold up there. Yeah. So right? how... I mean, it's it's mid-January. It's mid-February, right? Yeah. So it's and it's... It's pretty far north. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, physically, there were a lot of downfalls. Like, it was always cold, so I just wanted to hide away in bed and do nothing when we had free time. But Yeah, and if, you're not, like, if you're not warmed up, I mean, you're susceptible to <laughs> pulls and strains and tears and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I remember there was this one night where me and, uh, me and Cody ended up walking to the gym, and it was a 15-minute walk, and it was snowing so hard, and the roads were, like, so icy. <laughs> and, like... But nobody else wanted to go to the gym, so we were like, oh, man, we're like, we got to go anyway. And we just were, like, trekking through the snow, and I was like, oh, it was awful. I was like, we got to go to the gym, man. Like, it's, it's, it's not good, you know? I was like, we, we ha- finally have a gym in this venue. <laughs> How can we not go? But, I mean, I'd say more mentally, because as good as a time as I had, yeah, seven weeks with ten people... Yeah, but, uh, it's a long time. It, it gets a little overwhelming. Um, who did you work the same? I mean, you couldn't have worked the same person all forty-two matches, did you? Uh, well, uh, so Liza Hall. Yep. Uh, was who I worked on that tour. Yeah. Uh, but again, same thing. Every night it would be uh, a singles match, and then either a tag match or a rumble or a six. Yep. Actually, sorry, on that tour it was uh, almost a, it was a six-man almost every night for the yep. most part. Um, or if we did double shots, they'd do a tag with the guys the first night and then a six-man with us the second night. Yep. Um, so we did a lot of six-mans. We did one tag and then I think like four battle royals, something like that. Yep. Nice. So your first night of the tour is like how far is travel for the first night? Like, you mean... 
uh, let me see, where were we first night? I actually have my book out right now from tour. I'd be like, uh, Cody and I kept a journal. That's awesome. Tour. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so it, it, we have like all our matches and stuff logged in it too, that's, as that, well as how we were feeling on those days. That's awesome. That's like yeah. later down, 20 years from now, when you, you're you writing a book. Yeah. I mean, like that's awesome information to have and just something to look back on for yourself. For sure. Yeah, it, it was like halfway through, the, through it, I was like, man, I'm actually keeping up with this. Like, <laughs> didn't think I'd be doing that. I had some great intentions and I'm following through. <laughs> yeah, right? So, uh,. Our first one was Thunder Bay. Now, Niagara Falls to Thunder Bay isn't too, too far. Now, but after the, are I'm you trying to, driving or flying? Driving. So driving you, all the time. <laughs> but I mean, like, you're initially, like, did you drive from Nova Scotia to, you know? Uh, no, fly. Okay, so you initially flew in, and then you guys were just in a van the whole yeah. time. What, yeah. what size ring were you using? It was like a... Uh, a 16. 16, was it like club uh, club ring, short ring? Yes. It fits in, it basically can fit in the back of, um, like, uh, a cube van. Okay. Now, um, I, I'm sorry, this is, I get weirdly technical. Are you using, is this, uh, you have one vehicle you guys are all traveling, or do you got the, the ring van and then the travel van? Um, on, I'm trying to think. On the first tour we did, we had the cube van. Yeah. Uh, which seats two or three uncomfortably. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the milk crate or the seat oh, yeah. on top of the ring. Um, and then we had a truck. Okay. Like a five-seater truck. Yeah. Um, on the second tour, was the same thing. Yeah. Oh, no. Second tour, sorry. Yeah, the, the, the second tour and the seven-week tour, we had the cube van and we had a passenger van. Okay. And... So the passenger van was more ideal, but we also added, like, two or three more people. Right. At one point, there was two, three, six, seven, eight, nine, wait, three, six, eight, nine. There was 11 people with us. And so that was two people in the cube van. Yeah. <laughs> and nine people in the passenger van. So it's still cramped quarters in the passenger yeah, van. Yeah. So, okay. so it was, like, the two people in the front, three in the middle three in the second and then like one in the back and Ugh. three people don't fit comfortably for 10 hour drives no no and, and these and yeah no not at all yeah it not was... at all so but yeah, go ahead you, no I go mean, ahead you learn you just you learn to get through it obviously right. but it, it, it was painful and it was i was on the edge of the seat a lot with like, my butt <laughs> hanging off and I was like, oh, God. a couple of times I just gave up and laid on the floor i'm like no nah. <laughs> that so, was that was I'd say driving is what's the hardest part on your body. Yeah. Honestly, rather than just the wrestling every night, it's the driving that kills me more because there's not a whole lot of room, you know. And right. As I said, when you have a, like a percentage of those days with nine people in a van that can comfortably seat seven, it uh, it gets a little more difficult. <laughs> now, when you're driving like from town to town, how far are these drives in between towns? They range anywhere from like four to fifteen hours. <laughs> and you're talking, especially the further up north you're getting, you're doing like ice roads. Yeah, a lot of it. There was one drive that we did that was like, I think it was four hundred kilometers, but it was, and there was, I think, what was it? It, it was either nine or eleven um, ice roads we had to cross. Any of them or, sketchy? Um, 
oh my gosh, there was so many that were bad. <laughs> there was there was this one where we all were sitting there and it was like really sunny outside and it was towards the end of the tour and we were like, man, like they were considering shutting down the roads. And it's March by then too, so Yes, it was. Yeah. It was early March. And uh I believe we were in let me look here. We would have been Yeah, I don't even know. I can't even read half these places now. <laughs> but uh, no, so we were, they were like, yeah, we're considering closing the roads. And they ended up not closing the roads. But it was kind of like a drive at your own risk thing. Yeah. We had places to be, so we weren't stopping. Right. <laughs> and it's not like you're going to fly out of there because that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we crossed this first lake and everybody was sitting there like windows down. Like everyone's sitting there sketched because it just looks... <laughs> So, like, the, it's, like, shiny, and the sun is just blazing. Uh, that's then, very like, uncomfortable. It, yeah, it was really nerve-wracking. Like, I'm like, man, like, there's actually a chance that we can die right now. Like, that's what the hardest part was, too, is that it's like, man. You know, and then, I mean, it sounds silly because, you know, the ice roads haven't broken in a long time. But and, still. But it's one of those things that's, like... The way that our Earth is now, and the global warming, and I'm not a big, I'm not into all that stuff. Right, like, right. I can explain that to you, but it's like, and then half the time you don't have service and signal, so you can't talk to your family even when you're, right. even when you find, um, like the places that you get to. So then it's like, you know, I haven't talked to my family in six days, and you know, I, I might die in the next twenty minutes. You don't, you really don't know. Well, and it's just a simple fact that you're driving on something that's not there for the majority of the year. Yeah. This is this is a liquid for the majority of the year. Right now, it's a solid, but yeah, yeah so yeah, exactly. yeah, right. And uh, you know that they haven't broken in years and on and on and on in your brain, but you're looking at it right now and it's looking sketchy. Yeah. So yeah. And there was one day we were driving from somewhere, and it was raining and it was again really warm. It was towards I think early March, Ugh. like super early March, late February. Yep. And. Uh, Again, it was we were driving and there was like puddles splashing up from the tires, like beside the. And it was just it was so sketchy, and everyone was just yeah. panicking. Yeah, that's not and, comfortting. No, and I'm <laughs> not at all. Did you happen to see that video on my Facebook of us being stranded? Yes, I did actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, right? Um, um, when you're rustling up and so you're rustling up in like the tribal reservations and, and the, the First Nations reservations, I mean, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, um, like, what what kind of? I'm just for curiosity's sake. What kind of crowds are you drawing? Uh, honestly, again, um, it they it, it's a wide it's a wide variety. Yeah. Um, some some shows like would potentially draw like we, I remember we had one show. I don't know what tour it was, but yeah. we had like 17 people. But then. You go and like you go to the next town and you have two hundred and fifty. Yep. So very, very, very all over the place. Yeah. So it's ju- but jumping crowds, up and down. Yeah, their con- their crowds though consistently they're like they consist of a lot of young kids. Yep. So and they don't get much entertainment on the reserves either. Right. So they get something like wrestling and everyone goes crazy. <laughs> 
there's uh, places like that in Maine, actually, where they don't get a lot of entertainment going on. Like, they have the yearly fair, or they have, you know, maybe this or that or whatever. So when, like, the once a year when this company will come run a show there, they'll pull, like, 300 people. Exactly. But, like, if they ever went more than that once a year, then they wouldn't draw that same type of crowd. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, just it. So, I mean, how how different is that you go from one night you have 17 people... The next night you have 250. I mean, do you ha- it, teaches, it teaches you how to work with other crowd for sure. Right. Um, and, you know, it's like the how do I get these 17 people, whether or not they care? Right. How do I get these 17 people interested in what I'm doing? Or how do I get these 250 people <laughs> to, <laughs> to? I mean, there was this one show that we had. It was like a school show. But there was 400 people there, and we did multiple school shows, and some of them, the kids just did not care. Yeah. But we did this one show, and there was 400 kids there, and they – it was, like, primary to grade three, I think, and they were just ballistically excited. Nice. And that was probably my favorite show of the whole tour, and it was just – it was amazing. It was probably, like, the best one. And it's just crazy because – and then – like a couple hours later we had the older kids and they did not care <laughs> you know so it's like in a matter of minutes you can literally go to from everything to nothing now when so. you're did you, when you're preparing to go this are the promoters telling you things like this like you know you can expect maybe we'll have 10 people at a show or we'll have 250 people at a show or you'll get no reaction or you know what i mean like are they prepping you for all this or is this a learn as you go type of experience uh on tour it's definitely a learn as you go experience everything yeah like i would have been to uh reserves multiple times like a couple of different ones i've been to multiple times and i've been there and they've drawn 250 people and that in that exact sorry the venue like just down the street from it but in the same reserve yeah 17 people the next time we were there yeah or the next time i was there sorry right so it, it literally just depends on you know, if uh, if if they have money and what events were just there, because the second time we were there, or the second time I was there, sorry, they had just had their huge fair, like yeah. the week before, the oh. giant gathering where everybody spends their money, and you know, so it's like nobody can afford to do anything now. I remember going to a show. Uh... Ten years ago now, maybe maybe less than that, maybe more than that. I can't remember precisely, but it was a it was called Intergalactic Wrestling, I think it was, and they ran a show in Fairfield on a Friday night. And the the Fairfield the, the community center in Fairfield, Maine, has been, had wrestling there. I mean, I wrote an article about it on my blog a couple of years ago, but I mean they've had wrestling there now for well over ten years, closer to fifteen years, and they have a mm-hmm. show like usually at least once a month, sometimes twice a month, or once every other month. And there's been I think like thirty different promotions or whatever it is have run shows there. Now keep in mind a lot of these promotions are the same promoters with a new name to a show, or <laughs> they stop running for a year, then they start running again, yeah. or this, that, or whatever. Um, but anyways, so it's it's a venue that I've been to and I've seen three hundred people crack, uh, packed in there. And then on this particular night, it was the same night as the local high school homecoming football game. Uh. So we literally had like 12 people in the audience and Jerry Lynn and Sanjay Dutt were on the show. That's so, insane. Isn't that crazy? Like to me, and, 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 and I'll tell you, they put on 
they had the, those two guys wrestled in the second half of the show, and they wrestled a couple of the two of the two of the guys that were helping run the league. Uh, I don't know if you know if you ever heard of like Camp uh, Ch- Cameron Matthews or Champ Matthews or whatever. Um, and then Mark Moment, and they they put they had some they put on two awesome, yeah. pretty fantastic matches for the twelve of us that were there. But yeah. it's just like oh. But you ran the night of the homecoming football game. So at that point, he's like, I'm never running a Friday night when Lawrence High School has a football game again because that's where everybody is. Yeah, live and learn. That's all you can do. Yeah, because I remember coming off the highway that night to go to the venue, and I was just like, oh, there's the the field lights are on at the high school. Oh, there's a football game. Oh, there'll probably be 15 people at this show. I was over by three. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, I remember going to one show one time where I was the only person sitting on my side of the ring. Sweet. Yeah. The whole section to yourself. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I remember I was like, what, Jeremy Prophet was on that show. Yeah. And he wrestled. I can't remember who he wrestled because I've never seen him again since then, but he he did a a Jewish gimmick, actually. Um, And they had a hell of a match, and Prophet, like, won with a 450, and he got out of the ring, and he was like, I did that for you, because I'm the only one here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so sorry. Uh, no <laughs> when you're when you're like uh, doing this 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 tour, obviously, mm-hmm. did you have like? I mean, you had 42 matches in 47 days, so obviously you had days down in between. Were those just travel days, or did you find yourself like I'm in you know middle of nowhere with a day <laughs> off? What we do I definitely, do? We had a lot of off days because there was a lot of. Like we were, I shouldn't say a lot of off days, but we would get a few off days at a time. Yeah. Sometimes because with the ice roads and stuff, we we missed out on two communities, two very strong communities because, um, they are like you can't count on the ice roads for anything, and that was the hardest part with that tour was the yeah. roads were always melting. And then the next day they'd be clear to go over, and then you go over them, right? When they were just closed yesterday, yeah, they were being too soft to go over. Right. So. It was consistently a battle with the weather, and that was pretty much the only thing stopping us. What are you doing in your off time? <sighs> Going to the gym if there was one, <laughs> and when there wasn't one, and that's the thing. Like some of those communities are not; they can't afford gyms. Right. And. Uh, I mean, is so, someone bringing like a TV with them or a laptop, and they got a stack of DVDs, and you're watching? I had a laptop, so we would watch some of our matches, but I wasn't smart enough to bring DVDs. I don't own a whole lot of DVDs, to be honest with you. It's because of Netflix. People don't anymore. No. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Honestly, I find I'm not really home enough. I don't. I really don't watch much TV. Like my, yeah. my every single day for me consists of going to school, going to the gym, going to training, and then coming home and going to sleep. You know, or meal prepping. Right. Fair enough. That's pretty much it. So I wish I wish I could say that I watched more movies or TV, but I really don't. <laughs> so it never really occurred to me. So if we weren't going to the gym, yeah. we were literally either watching wrestling or playing cards. <laughs> we played a lot of cards. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, did you ever have any experience like on this big seven week tour, or even any of your tours? You know, if you pulled into a town and been like, "This is sketchy." Like this. Oh, many times, especially, yeah. yeah, especially when you go farther up north and stuff. Any scary moments um, with locals? Um, nothing crazy that comes to the top of my head, but yeah, 
that's good. You definitely get your percentage of drunks and oh, people yeah. who try to talk to you. And, but luckily, I've had people come around, like, right place at the right time kind of thing. Right. Um, so I was never, you know, too alone in a situation where I was like, ah, you know, leave me alone. <laughs> but, um, but no, it just it was, a, it was a lot to... Some of them are a lot to handle. And some, some places it's like... You know, there's a couple times where I was like told, you know, Madison, don't go, don't go outside by yourself. If you yeah. need to go to the car, let somebody know. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's like, okay. Would you go again, like next year, if the opportunity arose for another seven-week tour, would you jump on it? 100%. I just think that I would be prepared. Yeah. A lot differently than I was this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it's, again, learning experiences, life oh, experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was cold up there, but I packed for, like, so cold it was unbearable. Yeah. So my suitcases were, like, stuffed to the max. <laughs> you know, and it was, like... But at the same time, I was never prepped enough for food and stuff either. Yeah. Like, we would always go to Walmart, and we'd stack up on, like, oatmeal. and Because you can't get stuff that goes bad. So right. oatmeal and tuna snack kits and stuff like that. But... It never seemed like we had enough. Yeah. And, like, me and Cody would still go splits on stuff, but... Yeah. You know, again, it was just... I saw some of those... Th- I saw some of those prices, too, of, of just, like... Well, and that's what's, that's what's hard. Unless you had a Walmart, it was like, okay, so are we going to survive on this 99-cent package of noodles today? Yeah. You know? Because I'm getting pretty sick and tired after five and a half weeks of eating these freaking things. <laughs> You know, because ramen's good, not every day good. Yeah, Yeah. and you know, you're not always making the best money up there sometimes because when your shows get canceled because of the freaking roads, right? Or you don't draw a good crowd and your merch sales go out the window. So, you know, you have all these obviously basic wrestling struggles that, on top of you know, you can't you can't go to the grocery store and buy watermelon and you know salads and stuff. It's oh well. Today I have a choice of a $26 chicken breast or a 99 cent pack of noodles. And I only probably made, you know, $20 today. Yeah. Right? I'm going with the noodles. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I, obviously, obviously, like, you get your PO, but on the days right. when you're not doing anything, and yeah. your PO gets divided into those days that you're not wrestling. Right? It's like, what is today worth? And it's not worth much. So, so I don't want to. We don't need to talk dollars and cents, but I'm just curious. This when you agree to go do a seven week tour, are you getting? Well, probably the I know the answers. Are you getting a flat rate, or are you getting a based on the house rate? Um, it's normally the way that they kind of run their shows, which I like. It's it's a decent way to run them because yeah. they have their gates and their guarantees. Yeah. And I know that, like, on my first tours, the gates and guarantees, it was, like, something like a $20 difference. Right. And it's, like, if we have a gate show, then you get the lower one. If we have a guarantee, you get the higher one. Right, because they're running towns that maybe are bought shows, so... Exactly, yeah. Someone's paying them to come in, so, you, yeah, as opposed... Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Or or tour fillers where they're gates, and we're just hoping that we draw. Yeah, so you're doing extra spot shows, and hopefully... Yeah, okay, all right. And then, obviously, you're bringing merch with you. Yeah. Now, and then uh, on, uh, on the seven-week tour, it was more of a flat rate kind of thing. Yeah. Which was decent because it was like we had a lot of shows that were – like a lot of dates were changed around yeah. and stuff like that. So. Now, when I'm looking at different indie wrestlers 
uh, when it comes to their, their merch. You have some guys that have, like, they just have maybe some 8x10s and a t-shirt. And then you have others that have, like, they got three different types of t-shirts and three different 8x10s, and they've got buttons and wristbands, and they've got all the little gimmicks in the world they can so that if the kid comes up and he has a dollar, he has something that he can sell him. Or, you know, if the kid has 20, he has something he can sell him. Where do you fall in that spectrum when it comes to your merch? I definitely fall on the three buttons, three pictures, all the buttons. <laughs> three, three yeah. There was... I don't like to say it because I don't like being that person. But yeah. Like, I have, like, two left of a couple shirts. Yeah. So right now, I actually have, like, five shirts, technically. <laughs> And three promo pictures and three different, or I guess one hat in two different colors and bracelets and foam fingers. And so (laughs) I definitely fall in it. But it's because not, people are just starting to pick up on it now. Yeah. You know, and now everybody's competing more so for merch. But it's like, you know what, if we're all going to compete, why not compete, you know? Like, like, like for me. People never used to sell stuff. And even as a rookie, um, just as I started wrestling, rookies were starting to get more merch anyway. Yep. But it was like, man, like I'd look at the merch table, and because I did merch a lot growing up, I was like, man, like I was always having ideas. And people would come up to me at the table and be like, do you guys sell these? Because I know that other places do. And all those things just kind of registered in my mind. Mm-hmm. All of those times that I was doing merch. So then when I finally had the opportunity to make my own merch, I'm like, all right, where's... What do I need that all these people have been asking for for years? Yep. Right? And it all just kind of came easily, but... Like, for me, um, I remember, like, back in 2002, I drove seven and a half hours to go meet Terry Funk. Right. On an indie show. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a horrible rainstorm. got three inches of rain in two hours. I mean, it was horrible driving getting down there. And I go down there, and I didn't bring anything with me. Like, I didn't have a photo. I didn't have a trading card. I didn't have a magazine. I had had nothing of Terry Funk because I assumed he would have something. And I go up there, and I'm like, can I get an 8 by 10 And he's like, I don't have any. Terry Funk brought nothing with him. (laughs) But like two double cross rans t shirts. And I'm like, Well can yeah. I can I get a picture? And he's like, Absolutely, you know, and he gave him, took a picture and everything. But that was back in the film camera day, so I don't know if it's gonna come out until I go get it developed. And so <laughs> it was just like, All right, well now I gotta make sure like if I'm going to meet someone that I really wanna meet, I need to bring something with prepare. me. I, I need to prepare and have something. Because <laughs> like you said, you know, then even until the last couple of years, wrestlers just they didn't have stuff. You'd have a few that would have T-shirts, or you know, a lot of guys would have eight by tens or whatever like that. But like yeah. me, I'm not really an eight by ten person. You know, like my collection, I I like signed trading cards. That's mm. I love signed trading cards. I have over 400 of them right now. Um, <laughs> I don't buy them on eBay. I don't yeah. buy them from other people. I either get them directly from the rustlers, either in person or through the mail. Or that that's it. And my only other exception is I have one guy named Roy who I trust to, you know, I, I'll give him some cards. He'll get them signed for me and whatnot. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, so I, I'm a trading card guy. So whenever I see, like, you know, a person has a trading card, I'm like, boom, I'm buying it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Instantly every time. Uh, um, well, see, stuff like that, though, is good, you know? Yeah. It's small. It's convenient. Yeah. Easy to sign, you know? Absolutely. And... What I like, 8x10, like, what am I going to do with it? Um, You know, like, (laughs) I'm going to put it in a binder, and it takes up a full page. As a trading card, I could put 9 on a page. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
Anyhow, sorry, got sidetracked. I, I do want to throw it there. I really like your Wonder Woman riff Madison Miles t-shirt, by the way. Thank you. I thought I that honestly was... didn't even know about the Wonder Woman. Oh, seriously? Designed, yeah. Oh, That's did... the funniest part about that. Did, so... did you come up with that, or someone come up with that for you? I love my dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> when dad I... Is... My dad's kind of like my creator of everything. He's, he's, uh, he's very um, creative. And that's where, when it comes to, like, as I was saying about all the stats and stuff he does yeah. and stuff like that, um, it's, I think it's kind of, I feel like he kind of, like, he, he supports me so much that he's like, oh, how can I help you? How can I help you? Kind of thing. Yeah. Right? So when your dad made that t-shirt, did he know there was a one Woman thing he was doing, or is it just a massive coincidence? Um, I think, honestly, for the most part, it was a coincidence, because... <laughs> If you look a little bit more backstory, um, when I was a kid, I used to do this, I guess you could call it a gimmick, I guess, but like as a, as a mark, I had a gimmick and it was like the wrestling super fan. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, my dad used to make me these t-shirts that I could wear to shows. Yeah. And, um, like one of them had, I used to, cause my name, obviously Madison Miles, the double M. Right. 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 I used to paint it onto my face. I don't know if you've seen any of those pictures or not. Okay. If you look hard enough, you'll find them. All right. <laughs> right? And uh, <laughs> I used to paint double M's on my face. And one of my shirts kind of uh, that my dad made, it was like a face. Pretty, It was pretty much my face on a T-shirt. Yeah. But it was by like him who had drawn it by hand. And uh, so I've always kind of used the double M thing for stuff. Yep. And then, so he was like, oh, what if we took this symbol and flipped it upside down? And honestly, I'm not 100% sure. I never really asked him about it, if he knew about that. But I'd, he's not uh, he's not super informed about that stuff either, so I really don't know. <laughs> no, cause yeah, when, it very well could have, but I don't know. When I saw it, that's literally the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, it's the Wonder Woman upside down. Well, Rift a little bit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's clever. And for us, it was like, oh, it was like... The super fan mixed with, like, instead of Superman, super fan. Okay, yeah. The whole Madison Miles thing. And stuff, <laughs> but now it's different, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. Um, so, yeah. uh, I'd like to ask you a couple things, if you don't mind, about going to the Cauliflower, Arrow Club. Ooh, the Cauliflower yeah. Alley Club. So, you went, you've been twice now? Yes, sir. See, it, it, maybe that's creepy. I know that, but anyways, so you've yeah. <laughs> you've been twice now. A couple years ago, how is that? I've always wanted to go. It is an amazing, amazing experience. Yeah. Um. So I'll just jump right into it. Um, Please. <laughs> when going down this year, just before I went down, I was kind of like, I don't want to say going through a little bit of a rough patch, but things were just a little bit messy. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I was just having one of those days where I'm like, man, I don't even want to go. You know, last year I was just having a teenager moment, you know, and I'm like, yeah. man, like last year I didn't make any connections, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, by the time I got down there and I was there for about 20 minutes, I mean, throughout the whole trip, the amount of people that came up to me that knew who I was that I didn't really know yeah. and people off Facebook who knew me and I was like, man, like. You know, this is crazy. People are like, yeah, I saw you last year, but we never got the chance to introduce ourselves. And, like, it was, it amazed me how many people 
actually knew who I was down there after only one year of being there. Yeah. And now some of those connections that I made there are kind of starting to get into the works now, uh, helping me out <laughs> with yep. bookings and stuff. So like, that's kind of cool to show that it, it's not just hey we're we're gonna consider booking you and then they turn around and you never hear from them again. Right. Right. Like I, I made some awesome friends down there. You know, like so. I mean, overall, the connections you make, whether you're a fan or a worker, I mean, yep. it's it's amazing. Yeah. The stuff that you learn and just the people that you meet and surround yourself with. Like, now, now I know people close enough in, like, um, you know, I know people in North Carolina and people in Ohio and people in California. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's just crazy how all of a sudden you have all these new friends you know and it's like you all most of them are workers and you have the same passions and desires so you all obviously get along for the most part right so like how many days is this convention is it a convention technically i guess it's it's monday to wednesday okay but it's kind of like uh i know some stuff goes on saturday and sunday nights yeah uh, or sorry, Saturday and Sunday night before the show. Yeah. Or before the yeah, I guess you could call it a convention. Yeah. Uh, it's I it's honestly when they say like Cauliflower Alley Club reunion, it's literally like a reunion. So it's just but, everyone milling around in a big room. Yeah, like maybe not other. so much for me because I'm still so green to the whole thing. Right. When right. you've got your people like your Ron Hutchinson and your Jim Ross and like people yeah. just kind of go there and literally it's like a big family reunion. Yeah. Okay. You know, and you see people like, um, even I see people from Edmonton and people from BC who are just across the country, but we're like, oh my God, I haven't seen you since we were here last year kind of right. thing, right? Right. It's people that you're somewhat close with. Like, um, uh, my boyfriend Cody used to live in Edmonton yep. for a while and he would be training with Massive Damage and Steve Rivers and all those people. And then it's like, you know, you go to Vegas and you see them all there and it's like, yep. I saw you guys last year and you know, you're like my boyfriend is best friends with you guys and you know it's just awesome so it's literally it's literally a giant reunion and it's just no matter if you meet people you met someone an hour ago and now you're just non-stop talking you know and it doesn't have to be in a weird way at all it's just completely friendly conversation now are there any actual like wrestling matches going on during this convention week okay Uh, like is there a show Sunday night there's always a show yeah uh, but then the other three nights, uh, sorry, I'm trying to think. That's I don't okay. even remember already. Uh, I get my nights mixed up. That's but fine. the last, so typically it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. Uh, Wednesday night is the super formal banquet. Yep. And then, um, and then the night before that is just like, you know, you just, you either dress casual or. If you're me, you dress a little bit more than casual, just to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, be that one person. Right. Um, but no, like some it's, and that's the thing too. For all the events, whether it's the non, as it's the not as formal dinner or the super formal dinner, yeah. um, people dress from all different levels. Like at the formal banquet, you have people in prom dresses and you have people in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. You know, so it's literally, it's just about how I guess you want to present yourself. More so than anything. Were you able to get yourself booked on either one of those shows on Saturday or Sunday while you were there? 
Uh, I wasn't because I flew in on Sunday and we didn't uh, get in until like halfway through the show. Uh, uh, they did do a show on Monday as well that I could have been booked on. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of my bad. Um, but at the time, I didn't know who to reach out to and I didn't reach out to the people that I should have reached out to and I kind of yeah. regretted that later on. But I also in my head felt like I know I get in my own head a lot, but I kind of felt like I wasn't quite ready. Yeah. And I was like, like first year I had no idea what was going on, so right. I wasn't gonna do it. This year I felt like I was kind of getting a little more warmed up to it, and I was like, next year I feel like I'll be a hundred times more confident because where I was last year compared to where I am this year, right. I was a lot closer to doing it. So I'm like, I feel like I yeah. just needed that one extra year to not wrestle yet, right. kind of thing. Right. So I feel like there's a good chance that I'll be wrestling there next year or attempt to anyway. But, cool. you know, it's it's just one of those things where it was like, it was my bad that I didn't, and I could have right. changed that, but it was just, it was it was just a giant blob. <laughs> <laughs> do you, I um, have and I didn't, and I just kept postponing it kind of thing, and... Do you find yourself going to shows that you aren't booked to work on, just to be, a, just to watch as a fan, or do you not do that, or... Like, locally? Yeah. I mean, um... This sounds really bad, but, like, it's not very often that I'm not on a local show anymore. Well, that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> no, no, that that doesn't sound bad. That makes sense. Like, there's only two shows in the last... Like, that I... If I can go to a show, I'll go no matter what, obviously, to help and pay my dues and stuff. Right. Um, and any time that I have the ability to go, I'll go. And... Out on my like off the top of my head, I can only remember two shows that I wasn't booked on. That yeah. I was sitting either backstage or out in the audience, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can only I can only vividly remember two shows because every time that I haven't been booked, I've just been kind of thrown in somewhere. Oh, okay. You know? so, so you so still end up like, doing something because you're there. Yeah. So like, oh, hey, you're here. Yeah, you're we'll have you do this. do this with you. That's perfect, you know, kind of thing. So. And it gives you some more experience, maybe you can try something different. 100%. And even if it's yeah. a match against somebody random, it's like, yeah. yeah, I don't care. It's somebody new to work and learn from, right? And then you can sell merch. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's not the best, you know, it's not the leading factor, but it's a factor for sure. Um, so, but yeah. It's, I, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. Um, it's. I don't even know where I was going with that point. Never mind. Carry on. Don't worry about it. Um, I do have one question I like to ask everyone. Uh, what is the weirdest or oddest? And, and you may have your answers. I think is going to be by far different than anyone I've had so far with this. Uh, but the weirdest or oddest place you've you've worked a match. The weirdest place I've worked a match? Yeah, like you show up and you're like, oh, we're wrestling in a tent today. Or, in, you know what I mean? <laughs> or uh, the building, is, the, the floor is slanted. Or this is, you know, a, a temporary metal building. Or it's a barn. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that type of thing. Like, you show up at the venue and you're like, this is where the show is? You know, honestly, off the top of my head, there's nothing too crazy because I've always, yeah, I've had good luck, and to be honest with you, everything is pretty established around here. Yeah. But uh, I know there was one show I wasn't booked on it, and I didn't have the chance to go, but I heard about it. And to this day, it's the it's 
what I find funniest about wrestling in a weird place. Yeah. Everybody showed up, and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we don't have a ring. <laughs> you know, but there's a giant line of people, or not, uh, there wasn't giant. But there still. There was a line of people outside. Yeah. You know? And uh, so I guess I heard anyway that they just put out, like, the promoter put out Blue Crash Bounce, and was like, this. And it wasn't anybody, like, really important on the show. It was kind of right. like a. Like a spot show, random, you know, one-time company kind of right. show. But like, I heard that they like laid out blue crash mats and was like, "Yeah, we want you guys to wrestle on these because the show has to go on." Yeah, and well, they just never got the ring. The, the, <laughs> so I, I don't know how much accuracy that has. Right. But that's what I've heard from. You know, a, a key thing you need when putting on a wrestling show, other than the wrestlers, is the the wrestling ring. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's promoting 101. Get a building. <laughs> get a ring. Get wrestlers. Get some fans. <laughs> get <laughs> fans, yeah. Um, I think the ring is kind of essential. <laughs> the, yeah. The, that's just me. The, yeah, yeah, no, I think you're accurate I on this I'm one. I think I'm kind of crazy, though. I think, yeah. I, think, I think you're accurate on this one. Yeah. Um, do you ever, do you collect wrestling memorabilia at all, like from being a kid or anything like that? And if so, um, what's your like your favorite piece that you have? Um, well, I guess it's kind of a mixture because uh, I have a loft upstairs, which is where we keep all of our sports memorabilia. So my dad is a big hockey fan, so the room is kind of half hockey, half wrestling. And it's like if when I was younger, anybody who I'd meet who I'd have um, their action figures in a box, obviously get them to sign them, right? So like, right. Um, like, I have, like, a Jeff Hardy and a Jeff Jarrett. A lot of impact ones, kind of yep. thing. We went to so much Im- uh, impact. And then you have, like, the Bushwhackers and uh, Ted DiBiase and stuff like that. Like, um, But as a kid, by far, like, I was definitely into collecting uh, action figures. Yep. Right? And uh, I liked finding the girls because they were so rare. So anytime I'd find, you know... Um, Oh, anytime you'd find, like, the Bella Twins or anything like that, you know, yep. you'd just find them and be like, oh, finally, you know. Right. It's not the same John Cena and right, know, right. Undertaker figures that are in every single store. So. Oh, yeah. Or right now, The Miz. Yeah, really, though. <laughs> no, I was just looking for, I, was, I, I look for my son, like, a lot, like, I was at Walmart yesterday, and I was going through him and, like... They have like you five racks. I even look. I even look at Walmart when oh, I'm like well, chilling. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go see who's done See what today. they got done. Exactly. You never know what you're gonna yeah. see, but like, it seems like there's tons of of Cena's, Mrs. and Bray Wyatt's. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> at least up here, like everything and else is you, you bought have, over, like, picked over. I find here you have like the five different Undertakers. Yep. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Or the three packs. The like, oldest I... Undertaker, the newest. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm I'm there with you there. I um. Yeah. What's the other thing I was gonna say? I forgot. Oh, it was action figure related. Do you? Tr- oh yeah. Do you, do you try to get the old ones? Like, do you have any like the old LJNs or Hasbro's or or do you just stick with, with the new ones coming out? Um. If I, I'm one of those people too, like, if I'm ever at a yard sale and I see one, I'll just be like, yeah, whatever, you know, maybe this will be worth something someday. Um, my dad used to have a giant collection of the big rubber ones. Those are the LJNs, yeah. Yeah, and he, uh, and he gave them to his nephew, and, like, a week after he gave them, their dog, like, destroyed them all. That's tragic. Yeah, 
it was my dad said it was like one of the saddest moments for him because he spent so long as a kid collecting them and then they just yep. got destroyed. I have a few of those. I have a few yeah. of those still from when I was a kid. Um, I don't have as many of those as I used to have because I don't really have a place to put them. But I, I, I still have like my first ever one, which is my Hogan. I got a Dynamite well, Kid. I got a Ricky Steamboat. That's what I was getting at. Was that uh, shortly after I had first heard that story from him? Yeah. We were at a yard sale and we came across a uh, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And so we bought it. And so that's like the oldest one that obviously <laughs> that I have. But that's awesome. Yeah, I don't I don't really buy them anymore unless there's something that I'm like. Um, IHW, the promoter's best friend, she kind of handles all the business stuff. She was the one that went to CAC with me this year, if you saw the photos. Yep. Her son is a huge wrestling fan, and he, like, collects every single figure. So, like, I, mean, I look for him a lot, too, and stuff like that. So, I'm always <laughs> eyes open kind of thing, you know. Uh, but what... that's... That's basically it now. What's your um? What's your most unique uh, or funnest fan experience? I mean, anything um, standing out in your mind? I know, like when I see your pictures, there's a lot of pictures of you and kids. So obviously, yeah. the kids are seem to be drawn to you, which which is pretty when, fantastic, really. But. Yeah, it's a really really cool experience. Um, last, I want to say last August. We did um, a special Olympics charity show at uh, the only little tiny, tiny amusement park we have here. And when I say tiny, I mean like a flume ride, a zipper, and then like a carousel and a couple <laughs> other like, like but, really like a playground. But and, you like, got a log really... flume, so you're good. <laughs> exactly right. You literally just ride the log flume all day, and you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have like a really cheesy like one room haunted house kind of thing. Yeah. So, but it, but. Anyway, and we had, like, probably 250 people there. And a good majority of them had special needs. Yep. Um, and from the moment we were at the merch table, obviously, I had a lot of people that were like, oh, man, like, you know, a girl, a girl, a girl, because I was the only girl on that show. Right. And I was wrestling a guy, and we, we did promos at the beginning and everything. So, like, um, and the entire match, like, you, I just, you could hear, like, the kids yelling and stuff like that and then at the end um when i like i went over in the match and i got up on the ropes and like the entire building right got up on their feet and like it was a really cool experience because even when i rolled out of the ring i was like instantly swarmed and i've been swarmed a couple times but you could just tell because it was at a special olympic show like they were just so purely happy and there was none of the Oh, it's a work. Oh, that sucked. It was just yeah. pure. That's you know, awesome. It was pure enjoyment, and it was like it was like the first time in my career that I, other than that when I came back and like bawled my eyes out after my first match, that I got teary eyed. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you know, me me bawling after my first match is just an inner self confidence thing. It's like, oh my god, you know, I finally had my first you did match it. ever. Yeah. But then when that happened, it was like my first time getting happily teary eyed over something but it was it was like the coolest experience and it was i think it was like one of my promo pictures if you look it's in like a orangey building kind of thing and okay yeah it's, it's just really cool you can i don't know it's like one of my favorite moments <laughs> so where do you where do you see yourself in the future what goals have you set for yourself that you want to achieve i mean do you want to go to wwe do you want to go to japan what is it you're looking I, to do 
I'd like to say I want to do it all. Yeah. I mean, if I tell myself I can, I will, and if I tell myself I won't, yep. then, uh, sorry, if I tell myself I can't, then I won't. Yep. So, so many people say, like, WWE is so unrealistic, I'm like, well, if I think that I'm not going to make it to WWE, then I'm not going to make it to WWE. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean... Right. I used to watch uh, regular at those Fairfield shows, like I'd say, in front of with forty, fifty people in front of it. Little a young lady named Mercedes KV. Yeah. Yeah, you know, wrestling shows and, and doing the same thing you're doing, and that you know, it's Sasha Banks. So I mean, never yeah. say never, ever. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I I feel like I like I have potential to be there someday. Yeah. But I mean. If I made a career, like, my thing is, I'm grateful for any and every opportunity I get. Yeah. You know, so it's like, whether, if I made it to ROH, or TNA, or WWE, or I made it to England, or Japan, you know, it's, to me, it's more so, you know, if I can have a good majority of people knowing who I am, whether or not I make it to WWE. You know, it's like, if I can make a solid career making money, you know by just traveling the world and whether or not you know if it if it ended up just being canada and you know the u.s yep right if it if i can just have a solid decent fully booked well-paying career then i'd be happy with that but i feel like i have to shoot for more because if i don't then i won't (laughs) right but ultimately your goal is you want to make a career out of wrestling. You want wrestling to yeah. be your career. You don't want to do a nine to five job or a Monday through Thursday job or anything. You, that's your goal. Since is. I was a kid, my parents, my parents have always worked. Like my mom used to work at Subway and she worked in the deli. And my dad is a window salesman. Yeah. Okay, so my parents, to be honest, again, sorry for my language, but they basically, you know, I've I've seen how shitty life can be. Yeah. You know, and I've seen how it can be. It can suck. To sit at a desk all day or, you know, wait yeah. on people hand and foot. And they've always told me, you know, who cares if you make less money? I wake up, I mean, teenagers wake up every day hating their lives because they have to go to school. Right. And I've always said that, you know, whether or not I make less or more money, if it means waking up every day and going, yeah, I'm waking up instead of, oh, I don't want to stay in bed forever. Yep. You know, that, that right there makes a huge difference. Yeah, I've always said to myself, if I ever find myself in a position where I hate going to work, and not just, oh, it's going to be a bad day or it's a rough day, but like I absolutely despise going to this place, then it's time to find a new job. Yeah. It's time to go someplace else because life's too short to wake up and be miserable or to be unhappy about things, you know? And so, yeah, that, that's an awesome outlook. So, yeah. you know... Uh, I mean, if you had have asked me... A year ago, where I thought I'd be now, yeah. I feel like I wouldn't have thought I've ac- I would have accomplished what I have. Yeah. Um, and you know things change so quickly, and the opportunities you get freaking pop out of nowhere. So it's like, I feel like even if you asked me where I thought I'd be in a year or two, I'd have no idea what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> because I have no idea. <laughs> You're just gonna keep taking your bookings, gonna take everything week by week, booking by booking, yeah. and see what happens. Exactly. It's hey, exactly. If that's what works, works. Always keeping your ear out there. So mm-hmm. where can uh, where can people find you coming up here? Where are you, where are you, where are you booked in the future here? All right. Um, 
<laughs> next weekend, I'll be in Fredericton and St. John, New Brunswick. When you say next weekend, are you talking like June 10th and 11th? 9th and 10th. 9th and 10th, okay. I don't have a yeah. calendar, but I was no just worries. trying to, okay. Yeah. All right, so, um, so technically, when this drops on Monday... It'll be this weekend. Yep. You'll be in. Right. right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So June 9th and 10th in Fredericton and St. John, New Brunswick. Uh, June 24th in Riverview, New Brunswick. Uh, July 1st is in St. Andrews, New Brunswick. July 12th, Shippigan, New Brunswick. St. Andrews is right across from Callis, right? I have I've never been there. I think there, man. I think St. Andrews <laughs> is, going there, to be is is near the near the main border. It's like the chocolate yeah. capital. Something like that. I yeah. Don't know. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> we're going camping worries. in July up near Callis, and we're going to take the kids into Canada. And there's a an aquarium down around the corner and a lighthouse and there you go stuff like that. Sorry, because that's popped in my no, brain. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyways, interrupted your flow. St. Andrews, July first. Where else was after yeah. that? Uh, July 12th in Shippigan, New Brunswick. July 15th. Where are we at? I don't know where we're at on the 15th. I can't think off the top of my head. But That's then fine. we have uh, with Victoria, um, July 19th through 22nd in this order. Uh, Yarmouth, Kentville, Bridgewater, Halifax. All Nova, in Nova Scotia. Scotia. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then. After that, I believe I'm making a trip down to the States. Nice. Not really sure yet, though. And then uh, August is kind of scattered right now. A few single bookings here and there, but that involves going to Newfoundland for my first time. Nice. And uh, Destiny. So, And then summer. I think you got a September 15th. You're currently booked in Bangor, Maine. You're right. For GIW. Yep. So, uh, we're going to. Yes. I'll probably be there. <laughs> it's so. all exciting. Let's be real. <laughs> exactly. Every, I'm going. Every. Like, this is like. I've, I've, I'm going to a show tomorrow night. I'm going to pay 10 bucks to get in. If I have one match that's good, I'm excited as all can be. Like. Yeah. That's literally like. My expectation is I'm at wrestling. It's a good night. Yeah. And that's how like me and my buddy Roy are. It's like. Uh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to wrestle. No, you're going to have a great night. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah. at wrestling. It's a great night. You know what I mean? So Even it's if just, you watch some bad matches, you know, you just sit there and don't care. about it. It's going to be a good night. I'm at wrestling. I'm going to go see my friends that I usually only – because I have a huge group of friends that I literally only see at wrestling. You know, thanks to Facebook or whatever, no, we, we chat with each other about things we're seeing or coming up or whatever. But for the most part, like, I see them at wrestling. And yeah, that's exactly. that's become part of the experience. Is like I go there to see my friends. We go to watch yeah. a show. We're having a great time because we're at wrestling. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Madison Miles on Facebook. Madison Miles Pro Wrestler is my fan page on Facebook. Those are the easiest and quickest ways to contact me. Uh, my Twitter handle is Madison thirteen fourteen forty four. That's compliment, uh, complicated, and my Twitter is very overrated because. Although I'm a teenager, I'm really not good at Twitter. <laughs> That's, I'm just going to be honest with you straight up. Uh, my Instagram, I guess, shows a pretty good percentage of my life, and that's just madison.miles. And for anybody who might be listening, who's thinking, inquiring bookings-wise, madisonmiles at hotmail.com, double D's in Madison and M-I-L-E-S in Miles. Awesome. <laughs> Easiest ways to contact me right there. But as for fans, Madison Miles Professional Wrestler on Facebook is 
your fan page. The best way to go. Awesome. Most updates and, you know, what's going on. Cool. Well, I really appreciate you uh, being very generous with your time uh, tonight. No worries at all. And, and talking to me. It's been, a, it's been a great time. And, uh, again, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure.